My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. I believe that the Lord has spoken a word to me this morning that you need to receive it by faith because it gives us direction as to what we need to do in this present circumstance and situation that we find ourselves in. In our culture, in our nation, and in our church, I believe that it is good for us to examine the word of God, to determine what God is saying to us so that we can follow his path, his command, and his direction. How many of you are thankful for the covering that God has placed upon this church to protect us and to keep us through everything that's been happening? We've been protected. And we need to be thankful for that. So I want to turn your attention to Luke chapter 9 and verse 51 and then Deuteronomy 31 and 6. Moses and Jesus both were in a transitional time where they were transitioning Moses to Joshua. Jesus was going to the cross and then transitioning by transferring and imparting his ministry to the apostles so that they could carry on his mission and accomplish uh, what he had commissioned them to do. And, and he, they both had a set manner in which they brought about this transition, moved Israel into a new era, moving from wilderness journey into the promised land, Jesus moving into the New Testament, new covenant, new church era. And we're in that era. We're recipients of that. And he did it so well that it's still going after 2,000 years. Still going. How many of you are still going? And this is what Jesus did. And it came to pass when the time was come. The time has come, church, that you do this. That he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. I want you to set your focus on who you are and what your mission is. Because your mission as a child of God does not change regardless of what happens in our country, regardless of what's happening around us, the mission of the church remains the same at all times. I say, church, let's set our face like a flint. That means we need to look straight forward, focus on what God wants us to do. Deuteronomy 31 and 6, this is what Moses was instructed to say to Joshua. And it's my text, first little phrase here. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that goes with you. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Man, that's shouting territory right there. Don't you flinch. 
Don't you flinch. Be strong and of good courage. Amen. Because God is going to see us through. He is with us and he's going to take care of us. Would you just lift your hands, your voices, and would you just ask that the Lord would minister to us this morning and that God would make us strong and of a good courage, a good courage. That means I want the kind of courage he's talking about. I want the kind of courage that will help me. I want that courage to be imparted to me by Jesus and by the voice of the Lord. God, make it so in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Man is not only resilient, but man can be courageous in a way that is almost sublime. Even among the beasts of the field, there's nothing that is as half as brave as man can be. Because with a smile of defiance, he can face any odds. He will take on any hazard. He will cord any danger. He will hurl himself at just about anything. He will snap his fingers at any fate. He will shake his fist at torture. He'll even shake his fist at death. But we need to remember, however, that there are many different kinds of courage because the Bible says of a good courage. It's the kind of courage that needs to be birthed in our spirit that's not born of excitement. And it's not from just an emotional rush of an emergency situation and that's momentary and fleeting and then passes away. It's a courage that's not usually witnessed by spectators because nobody sees it and it doesn't get many cheers. There aren't any bands playing. There aren't any flags waving. God will, even in the midst of our greatest crisis and when it seems like our back is against the wall, he will give us the kind of courage that can get up early in the morning and pray an intercessory prayer that nobody knows about, but yet God hears it and God answers it. Aren't you glad that God hears our prayers and even when they're just sighs and whispers, he hears the faintest whisper of our soul. I'm glad that God does hear us when we pray. I don't have to pray like you think I need to pray or like you think somebody else has prayed that got an answer. I just need God to hear the desire of my heart. And when God hears the desire of my soul, he can answer it because Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our salvation. And when we have lived so many years with a broken heart, it's very difficult for courage to become a part of us. And that courage needs to come on us and give us the ability to go through even when there are no one who notices it. And there are no, there's no voice that might acclaim it. But there is a spirit in man that decides, I want to do the will of God. And I'm sorry for those that fail when it seems like their strength falters and their courage falters and they stumble along the path and they can't handle the pressure and they give in to anxiety or they give in to depression. I hate it when that happens. But I do believe that there are many people that have faced what we have faced and much worse than what we have faced. And yet they have overcome and they have gone forward and they have fought to the finish and they never gave in. 
And I want that to be said of the first Pentecostal church. I don't want you to be caught off guard because we're entering into a new era in our world around us. But that shouldn't change our mission and that shouldn't change who we are. Jesus is still king. Jesus is still savior. And my face is set like a flint. And this kind of courage isn't going to be applauded, I know, except for all three of you that applauded. It's not going to be applauded very much. There aren't going to be drums beating, no bugles calling, no eyes are watching. As far as the natural eye is concerned, there's nothing ahead but anguish and there's no rift in the clouds. They just constantly hang over you. And there doesn't even seem to be a glimmer of light on the horizon. There doesn't seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And yet, you are resolved in your heart. I'm going to be a worshiper and a praiser. I have purposed in my heart that they might throw whatever they throw at me and they might do whatever they do to me. But I'm like Esther. If I perish, I perish. But I'm going into the king. I'm going to say it along with Job. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Though I'm headed to Jerusalem and even to my crucifixion, I will go there like a desire in my heart to fulfill his word. If bonds and afflictions awaited Paul at Jerusalem, so be it. He told the people of God, he said, quit weeping. You're breaking my heart. I'm not only ready to be bound at Jerusalem, I'm ready to die there for the name of the Lord Jesus. Whoa, I believe that's the kind of courage we need in this hour. Nobody may ever say it's of any value, but that's their opinion. That's their desire. I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to focus. I'm still going to glorify God. And that's what Paul did. He said, I'm still going to Jerusalem. You can try to talk me out of it. And there's all kinds of people that'll talk you out of this kind of courage. They'll talk you out of this kind of focus. They'll say, oh, you don't need to do that. That's just craziness. But yet Paul said, I'm going because I know what Jesus wants me to do. He wants me to preach the gospel in Rome. And I don't know why he wants me to go by a prison boat, but I'm going to go according to the way he may opens up and I'm going to preach the gospel in Rome even if I got to do it in chains. I'm going to preach the gospel. Listen, you can't stop the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the most powerful force in the earth. It can save souls in the darkest night. It can save souls in the stormiest seas. It can save souls when it seems like nothing else can work. Among the world's most conspicuous gallantries, there are a few deeds of valor that can rival what we're talking about. Without a cheery word, without one handshake of congratulations, there are heroes who turn their faces towards situations that are heartbreaking and heartrending and difficult to say at the least. I've done some reading about the English fighting against Napoleon at the beginning of the 19th century. And whenever the English would attack the French, there was a group of volunteers that would go before the rest of the army. And they were called the Forlorn Hope. And the large percentage of the Forlorn Hope, it was sort of the beginning of the Marines, would die in battle. 
And hence, these men were the most respected soldiers in the English army. The odds were against them, and yet their courage was unparalleled. There's such a thing, church, as unseen courage. There's such a thing as unadmired courage. There's such a thing as unrecorded courage. There's such a thing as a courage that says, I am not going to stop. It's that courage that this woman had as she watched her husband and most of her children die of consumption. And yet she nursed them and she cared for them with a courage that is almost incredible. They were put out of their home because of debts. And shortly afterward, the, everybody got sick. But she kept finding different times to break away and write. And she would write her inspirations down. And she was a writer. And she published these books. And they really hit the, the, the sales. And, and the, the money came in for her to be able to take care of her family. And even one of the publishers said, I don't understand of all you've been through. Not one word of gloom in any of your writings all you write about is inspiration and faith and I don't understand that she said I had a strength and a courage to keep writing even when it looked like nothing was going to turn around that's what you got to do you got to keep clapping your hands if you don't feel nothing if no if everybody around you mocks you because you're a worshiper when it looks like everything is going down you need to be strong and of a good courage. That's it, Brother Carter. Even when we get bad news from the doctor, we're going to still be in church and we're going to praise him because there's an eternal factor to all of this. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I've seen this kind of courage displayed in this church many times in the 20 years that I've been here. And there are very few, if anybody here, that I've pastored any time at all that you have not been a source of encouragement to me somewhere, sometime along the way. You see no bands playing for this kind of courage that we're talking about, but we're talking about the kind of courage that Emily Bronte had. A dog bit her on the hand and she didn't say a word to anybody. She just went into the kitchen, heated up an iron, and just burned the wound with the hot iron. And she had a drunken brother who set their house on fire. And so she had to go haul the water to put the fire out. So she hauled all the water, put the fire out, and then went up and went to bed. She was so tired and went to sleep. She and her sisters were writers. And when her sisters would finish a manuscript, they would always send it to an expert but not Emily. She didn't want anybody else's opinion. She would keep her work locked up until she was ready to send it to the publisher. And you might have heard of her, perhaps under another pseudonym, she published Wuthering Heights, one of the great literary classics. But just before she died, she wrote these words, no coward soul is mine, no trembler in the world's storm troubled sphere. I see heaven's glory shine and faith shines equal, arming me from fear. And whenever she was buried, her big bulldog was the chief mourner at the foot of her grave. But her sister, Charlotte Bronte, said, I've never seen her equal in anything. And her courage inspired her. And yes, you may have heard of Charlotte. She wrote Jane Eyre. 
and she was taking care of even her invalid father and her frail sister, but she still wrote because she was inspired by somebody else's courage. You see, you don't know who you're inspiring today. You don't know what your faithfulness is doing for somebody in this church. You, You don't even have any idea. You have no idea when you get up in the morning and say, I'm going to church on Sunday morning. What young person's going through adversity that sees your faithfulness in your worship and says, if they can make it, then maybe I can make it. Come on, get a hot iron from the kitchen. But I've been wounded and just stick that hot iron on that wound. And go on. Come on, well, the house is on fire. Go get some water, honey. It still works, it'll put it out. And then go on up and go to bed and get some sleep. Because it's going to be all right. You're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to have courage to continue working. You can't judge one person's courage by somebody else's. You just can't set your own standards in life and judge everybody by your little petty idea of what they should do. You can't do that. Every situation in life is different. You, you, you can do everything right, and it seems like nobody appreciates it. But do you all understand this, that everybody here has got a different circumstance and a different situation? You don't know everybody's story in this church. And some of you don't want to listen to their story because you haven't got time. You're too busy telling your own story. And I understand that. Do you understand that everybody in this house faces different things than you face? Some may be more, some may be less, but different sets of circumstances are all around us. From young people on the pew to older people in this audience and people you know that are not here and people you don't even know that have this kind of courage displayed in their life and they decide they're going to face life and they're going to make the best of it and they're going to do the will of God. That's what a Christian ought to be. I'm going to say it again. That's what a Pentecostal ought to be. I'm going to say it even, bring it home. That's what you ought to be. You ought to have something like that. You ought to have something in your heart that's so courageous that nobody might even understand it, but you're going to stand up against the adversities that you have to face. Your set of problems, your crises, not judging anybody else, not wanting anybody to come alongside. Well, nobody's encouraged me, but this kind of courage, you don't have to have another voice. You've got voices from another world that are speaking into your life. Hallelujah. You got a voice from another world saying, come on, get up. You can make it. Come on, get out of the pit of despair. You can make it. Come on, get out of your depression. You can do this. Come on, you can do this. Come on, church. We're going to set our face like a flint. The time has come for the church to be the church. If you've got courage, don't back down. If you've got courage, Stand up and believe. Ephesians 6.13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. 
So you need to stand like Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. That's a poetic way of declaring a lot of people have done what we have done, gone through more than we've gone through and made it to the other side. Therefore, if they've made it, they are a witness that you can make it too. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How are we going to do that, Brother Kinsey? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. There are so many factors, church, that play into people's lives. Childhood upbringing, environment, natural tendencies. Some people are shy. Some people are bold. Some people are talkative. Some people are not. People have losses and hurts and sorrows and disappointments and sicknesses and some have strengths and some have weaknesses and all of those things play and there's a combination of those things that can happen in people's lives. But yet when they exhibit courage, when they stand up, they're not going to get a medal of honor. Nobody's going to give them a plaque saying, oh, I'm so glad you're courageous. But thank God you are my heroes. I said, you are my heroes. I know some of you got Michael Jordan as your hero, and some of you got Pete Rose and Babe Ruth and Pokemon. My God, your daddy and your mama who served Jesus ought to be your heroes. Your Sunday school teacher, your pastor. I'm sorry, my heroes are not rock stars. My heroes are not movie stars. My heroes are not those lousy, sorry, complaining, popularity, photo op seeking, self-centered suckers. Hallelujah. I'm trying to do I'm trying not to act like Jeff Arnold for once in my life. I'm trying to be sweet, but I'm telling you right now, everybody that serves God is a hero. Everybody that keeps coming to church is a hero. Everybody that presses their face to the coal is a hero. You play your part, you do your part and say, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here if every dog dies. I'm going to be a worshiper. And I don't just come to church and sit around like a blob, but I'm going to come to church and worship. I'm going to come to church and make a difference. I'm going to come to church and be an influence. Show me somebody who's lived for God for a single year, and I'll show you somebody who's had courage. Show me somebody who's lived for God for 10 years, and I'll show you somebody that's had to battle, fight, scratch, claw, in order to be able to stand and keep on standing. They have courage. History books will not put your name down, and they will not record your courage, but it's the kind of courage it may not be heralded in the history books, but your name is in another book. Somebody shouted hallelujah over there. I don't know. Woo! This is the kind of stuff 
that makes true Pentecostals. This is the kind of stuff that made me the Pentecostal I am. This is the kind of stuff that I saw at Lake Charles. This is the kind of stuff that I've seen in this church by saints that have braved the weather and gone through the storm. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man is on a mission and he has no place to lay his head, but he's still going to do it anyhow. A preacher, a friend of mine, was preaching the funeral of a lady in Houston, Texas, which was remarkable because this lady, you don't know her, and you don't even know him as the preacher. He's an unknown preacher and an unknown lady. But yet he knew of her life, of her great courage and her great power. And she lived for God. She was filled with arthritic pain, but she was the breadwinner of her home. So she would have to get up at 3 o'clock every morning. And she would have to walk in arthritic pain down the streets of Houston to the bus stop. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, she would get on that bus and go to work. And many times in the wintertime, because of the daylight savings time trick that everybody pulls on us, that the Antichrist pulls on us, he's going to change the times and the seasons. And they are, and, and that's part of it, yes, probably safe. And she would come home after dark because of that. And she would take care of her family. And she was at church every service with arthritic pain, serving Jesus. And he called it, four o'clock in the morning, courage. And that just stuck with me, that, that thought just stuck with me. Be strong and of good courage. Church, you know what you need? You need four o'clock in the morning courage. Four o'clock in the morning courage. There's a great loneliness. There's no one to encourage you. There's no cheering voice that says you can do it. You're just going to have to learn how to set your face like a flint. I'm going. You got to get, they, they call it the game face. Some of you don't have your game face on this morning. Bless your heart. But you got to get your game face on, whatever you want to call it. You got to set your face like a flint. And even though the cross is waiting you, Say, but there's a cross waiting you. Well, guess what? The Bible says you got to take up your cross and follow him. Well, I can't save my life doing that. Well, maybe you need to learn to lose your life and you will find out if losing it, you can save it. Isn't that, isn't that somebody taught us that? Uh-oh. Did somebody teach us that? That if you'll learn to lose your life, you'll save it. If you try to save it, you're going to lose it. Man, we're, we're living in a whole different day, aren't we? Thinking's all messed up. I think that's the reason why I want you back in the Word. Because I believe that it's the Word that straightens this out. It's the supreme example of the kind of courage 
of Jesus setting his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem, even though he knew by prophetic understanding, though his disciples tried to talk him out of it, that he was going to die on the cross. Know that he was going to die, but that was God's purpose, and he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. It's that kind of courage that's been exhibited in a lot of people in this congregation through the years, not one time, but many times, and it gives me the confidence that I can make it and I'm going to make it. And by his grace, I'm going to make it. I may not see my way. I may not know how I'm going to be able to climb this mountain. But I do know that I'm going to climb the mountain. I may not know how I'm going to cross that river. But I'm going. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And I think you need to learn how to praise God. Even when you don't feel like it. And yes... Even if I've got to grab a hold of you, put you on a stretcher, and drag yourself across the finish line, you're going to make it too. I said you're going to make it. Churchill was addressing students. It's been uh, said that he said things he didn't say. So I did a little research so I could say it right. And hopefully I got the right resource that said it right. So whenever he was addressing the students, he was talking about the time of World War II. You, some of you perhaps don't study history anymore in school. You study all this newfangled stuff and they don't teach you history. But Churchill was the prime minister of England during World War II when the Luftwaffe was just bombing everything and blowing London off the map. And he said, we've just come through this period. And of course, it was a 10-month period that was very serious in their time in the war. And he said, this is the lesson that I have learned in this time when it seems like we had lost everything. He said, never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 never in nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in, except to conventions, convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force, never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. We stood all alone a year ago, and to many countries it seemed that our account was closed and we were finished, and some of you might think that we're finished. All this tradition of ours, our songs, our school history, this part of the history of this country were gone and finished and liquidated. But instead, our country stood in the gap. There was no flinching. There was no thought of giving in. And by what seemed almost a miracle to those outside these islands, though we ourselves never doubted it, we now find ourselves in a position where I say that we can be sure that we only have to persevere to conquer. Man, I feel that so strongly. When I read that, I said, man, I need to add all of this too because all we got to do, church, is persevere. But this is, what, this is what blew my mind. He said, these are not dark days. Woo. Quit telling me how dark the day is. He said, these are great days. He said, these are the greatest days our nation has ever lived. 
And I've come to tell you right now, these are not dark days, church. This is our greatest hour. And let it be said, this is our finest hour. But he went on to say, we must all thank God that we've been allowed, each of us according to our stations, to play a part in making these days memorable in the history of our race. Every one of you are an inspiration to me. You see some of these young men on this front row here? They're an inspiration to me. You know why? Because they've got challenges in their life that I didn't know anything about when I was a kid. I had my own set of challenges, but they've got challenges I didn't know anything about when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I didn't, I don't have to fight the stuff they've got to fight. Don't have to, I don't have to defeat the things that they have to defeat in school. The voice of the world pulling at them constantly to compromise the truth. And to tell them it doesn't matter what you believe. They've got a slick campaign to convince these young men that they're nothing but clowns. That they will never amount to anything. That they are just whatever this world wants to tell them. But I've come to tell you you're strong young men. Be strong and a good courage. And of good courage. Be strong, Brother Carter. And of good courage. Come on, Theo. Be strong and of good courage. Never give in. Never give in. Never, never, never. We'll stand in the gap. We'll fight you in the foyer. We'll fight you devil on this platform. We'll fight you at home. We'll fight you anywhere we got to fight. But we will win this day. I said we will win this day. I say it again. Woo! We will win this day. And we will not quit. I'm going to keep preaching. When, when everybody says it's worthless, I'm still going to preach it. When everybody tells me I can't preach worth the lick, I'm still going to preach it. And guess what? I'm not even going to listen to you. And I love you, but I'm not going to listen to you. Just because I love you doesn't mean I have to listen to a thing you got to say. I care about you, but I don't, I, I pray for you and I care about you deeply, but I'm not going to listen to that kind of nonsense. You know why? Because I'm preaching truth today. We're in a transitional time and I'm setting my face like a flint and I'm going to be of good courage. Woo! Why? Because the Lord is with us. You can give in to this world if you want to, but this preacher is going to stand against its evil day and we're going to 
to take the whole armor of God and we're gonna win the day. Now I wanna know, does anybody wanna stand with me? Does anybody wanna stand with me? Does anybody wanna fight on? Does anybody wanna say, I've turned my face to the wall and we will cut the cold? Devil, you can't stop a praying apostolic church. You can't stop a rule of five church that meets with Jesus every day. This is why I told you in that first broadcast when they shut us down, COVID-19, they shut us down and we shut down. First online ever-loving service. I told you, I taught you to do the rule of five. Now you know why. Because I've seen this day coming for years. I mean, I don't like it any more than you do, but they've been preaching this to me for years. You know, brother, uh, somebody was uh, online with that, with the prophecy thing, and, and they were teaching them about Daniel's deal. They taught me Daniel's stuff when I was a kid at youth camp. I learned about Daniel's four beasts and the end of the world and the coming of the Lord and the, and the you know, revival of the Roman Empire and the one world government and the Antichrist going to take over. Ooh, man, I was scared. That's why I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> they scared me half out of my mind. They didn't have to hang me over hell. They just showed all them crazy beasts said, they're going to eat you alive. I said, I'm coming to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's what they taught me. And some of y'all, y'all hear it. Y'all think y'all heard it for the first time. And you're like, I've been hearing this all my life. And now it's happening right before my very eyes. Now everybody's mad at me. Why are you mad at me? I ain't did it. Just because I preached it didn't mean, doesn't mean I'm doing it. I know what's happening. I'm trying to warn you. So you'll be ready. Because Jesus is coming back. I said Jesus is coming back. I just want you to be ready because I want to go to heaven with you. 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 Hallelujah, let's lift our hands unto the Lord right now. Call upon his name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for this word right now, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for what we've heard this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for your word right now, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done, oh God. If you can make your way toward your family, if you're near your family right now, we're going to pray amongst our own families this morning. We're going to call upon the name of the Lord. So we're going to give you a moment if you need to move around, uh, if you need to shift around a little bit where you can be with your family. We would like for you to pray in family units right now this morning. We're going to call on the name of the Lord. What pastor has delivered to us today, I believe, is the word for this moment and the word for this hour. Everything that can be shaken, 
everything in this hour is being shaken. You and I must be able to stand in this hour and face everything that comes our way, knowing that it's not going to be by our own might. It will not be by our own strength, but it's going to be by the power of the Lord. Our determination that says, you know what? I'm not backing down. I'm not going to quit. And I'm going to be, as Pastor said, I want to be an inspiration for somebody else. I want them to see my dedication, and I want them to say, you know what? If he can do it, I can do it too. And I want to be that inspiration for somebody. Now, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray that the Lord would encourage, that the Lord would strengthen those among your family. The enemy's trying to attack and divide, but let's pray together right now that the Lord would encourage and that he would strengthen. Be of good courage right now. Right now, would you lift your voice? Would you pray? Would you call out unto the Lord and pray the Lord's protection upon your family? Pray the Lord's protection to be upon them everywhere they go. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Lord, you have called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage, Lord. In Jesus' name, strengthen our families. Strengthen our homes, oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may we place our trust and confidence in you right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, lift up, oh God. Lift up, Lord Jesus. Let us continue, Lord, to set a boundary, Lord. Set boundaries in our homes and in our lives, Jesus, don't let the enemy gain a foothold. Don't let the enemy gain a place, Lord, within our minds and in our hearts in the name of Jesus. May the angel of the Lord encamp round about us in Jesus' name. That's it, church. Lift your voice. Call unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage for the Lord God, for the Lord our God, He it is that will go with us. He will not fail us. He will not forsake us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon His name and pray the Lord's strength upon your home right now in the name of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.